Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30. And, of course, you're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, we have to welcome back Virginia. Hey, good morning, Virginia. Good morning, Pam. In my possum jumper, freezing, but very happy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yesterday was so cold. I don't Ooh, think this morning yes. is quite as bad, but it the was Yarra, freezing. The Yarra Valley and the Dandenongs yesterday, I reckon we were lucky if we hit five degrees. Yes. All day. I was freezing. Yeah, it mm. was very cold at home too. I mm. actually lit our fire yesterday for the first mm. time. <laughs> it shows we have hit autumn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We also have to welcome in Lucille Strachan from the Growing Friends at Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne. Morning, Lucille. Good morning, Pam. And, uh, of course, that means just one thing. Next weekend, you're going to be very busy. We certainly are. And we have been to date as well. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Anyway, we'll find out all about it soon. And we have to welcome back again Chloe Foster. Morning, Chloe. Morning, Pam. Hello, girls. Are all the girls in the studio this morning? (laughs) We have. We have. (laughs) Women rule this morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was freezing at work yesterday. Like, working outside, I had... I'm. I had so many layers on, and I've forgotten how to layer up. <laughs> but <laughs> the wind was just so icy. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. Ah, well, it's good for some things. Yes, oh, indeed it you is. Know. Well, and it was raining at home this morning when I left. Did Great. Anyone, did you have rain? Or did you stay here I stayed night? down in Melbourne last night. And so no, no rain. But yes, I mean, there's been rain in Seville. Yeah. Se- it's, it's gone green. I mean, grass is so fickle. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Even you I just have, have to give it a drink and it goes green. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I'm of course, waiting for the drink. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, well, I've had enough for the grass to turn green, yeah. which is just making everything look better. But, mm. you know, my ribes, my mm. um, flowering currant, which mm. was at least five or six foot tall, it's, I've cut it out last week. It was dead. Mm. I mean, mm. you know, there are things that have gone. I've lost this summer. I think everybody's lost plants this mm. summer. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I mean, you can't water everything and you can't oh, keep well, it up all the time. And also, I, I ran out. I mean, I didn't run out of house water, but I ran out of garden water. Um, yeah. I, I filled my garden tanks, of which I have four. Um, I filled one of them twice out of the house tank. Right. Mm. And then right. I got to the stage, Gosh. well, if there's no rain, I won't be able to... You can't keep no. doing that. toilet, so <laughs> I've got to stop. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but anyway, anyway, I had one of Sylvie's friends up on the roof cleaning the gutters and then the rain came and I could hear it dribbling down into the tank and <laughs> oh, I was so excellent. happy. Yes. It was good timing, cleaning yes. the gutters. Yes, <laughs> no, I got two of them up, one to mow and one to... Because Sylvie has got vertigo, so she can't do anything useful. You can't put her up on the roof. <laughs> Gosh, no. If she's dizzy. No, no absolutely not. not. I could become daughterless. That would be yes. no good. No, no. <laughs> can't have that. The, the, the thing that I loosely call the front lawn at my place, of after a tiny bit of rain, there's, you know, little sprouts of green on there. Mm. But, yeah, it doesn't take much. No. It doesn't take no, much at no. all. Grass is very fickle. That's yes. one of the reasons it's so silly to... I mean, of course, if you're at the Botanic Gardens, you water it because all the public yeah. are using it. Yeah. But for yourself, watering oh. your grass over the summer is so silly. It yes. always comes back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Always. Yeah, it's a complete waste mm. of it's a complete waste of water. You should be watering your plants if you're yes. not going to use exactly. it. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I'm going to get straight into some community announcements. Uh, and this is one, Virginia, you can talk about. Um, a reminder first up for everyone that uh, today is the last day of the autumn show up at Fernie Creek Horticultural Society. And I believe you went up there yesterday. Yes, I thought I'd go up and have a look and see. And Ooh. it's not one where they have lots of outsiders in with stalls. Okay. But they have a flower show, which is always interesting there because they take it so seriously and they mm -hmm. sell their own plants, plants that they've propagated. Right. I bought two plants yesterday, which I'll talk about a bit later. And it's not warm at Fernie Creek, so wear no. a scarf. But it's always good. I mean, they do one of the best sausage sizzles on earth, which is <laughs> <laughs> something that Sue and I both adore. And... They had, um, they've got a really beautiful display and they've got lots of interesting plants for sale because they're such growers at Fernie Creek. Mm -hmm. You know, like I bought two things that <laughs> are ridiculous. I'll lose them. I know I'll lose them, <laughs> but I'm going to try. I've put them on Facebook if anyone wants to have a look. And um, it's just an in such an interesting group. I mean, the, the Macedon mm. Rangers, the Upper Yarra Valley Garden Club, Fernie Creek, they're all large societies that are really, mm. really interesting. Mm. And it's, it's always worth going up to the Dandenongs. It's, there's mm. just thing. I drove past Craig's because Gentiana Nursery, which is my favourite nursery, is um, in Olinda. And then I drove back through Mount Evelyn, and that's something else I'd like to talk to about this morning. There's two nurseries there that I think are very interesting. So, you know, I had a nice day, and it was warm in the car, even if it was cold every time I got out. <laughs> and then I went home and planted vegetables. <laughs> Delightful. We should mention that uh, the address, if you're wanting to go up to that show, is 100 Hilton Road in East Sassafras there. And uh, it's uh, open from 10 o'clock this morning, running through until 4 o'clock this afternoon. Um, as well as the uh, flower displays, there's going to be guided walks of their garden. There's going to be, as we mentioned, sales of rare plants and cut flowers. There'll be a member's photographic display, refreshments, light lunches, sausage sizzle, um, ample free parking um, and uh, $5 entry, members and under-14s free. So that's all happening today up at Fernie Creek Port um, Society. Is it rare exotic you know, plants that they have. Well, they always, they always have both. Yeah. And one of the things about the garden at the moment is because a lot of it's either um, is Australian or native uh, of South African, there's a lot of things in flower. So mm. it's a really lovely walk around their garden. You know, it's an old mm. garden with some really beautiful plants in it. So, so the society has a, a they have, they their have own a, building? Yes, they've got mm. a big space, oh. a big oh. space. It's acres. Okay. And they've got, they've got everything. They've got absolutely fabulous South African plants, which are in flower. That would be interesting to see them up in the up hills there, and yes. see how they're going mm. in that climate. They do really well. Right. And then they've got rhododendrons and azaleas and camellias and, mm. and big old plants. Mm. And they're all under these sort of, you know, what the dandenongs is like, underneath these massive eucalypts. So yeah. it's actually very beautiful. It's a mm. nice, it's a nice space to be in. And it's at the, lovely. it's at the end of that road, I think. Hilton Road. It is. It's yeah. right at the end. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You think you, you think you can't, you go past the playing ovals, and you know, you think it can't be any further on. There isn't anything here, <laughs> and then you're suddenly there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Okay, well, also uh, on today for the last day is uh, the open uh, garden of Malwalloch. Um This is being open for Open Gardens Victoria. 
This is a remarkable and historic garden. Um, it's a, an event today celebrating food, wine, plants and art, all within the uh, stunning autumn landscape of the gardens. Proceeds uh, will be donated to Beaufort and Skipton Health Services and the local CFA. Now, uh, the address is 3802 Geelong Road in Stockyard Hill, which is near Beaufort. Uh, the garden uh, was uh, designed by William Guilfoyle, um, and it's an absolutely stunning, stunning property. So, uh, uh, 2.5 hectare garden, and there's a lake there as well, um, so plenty to explore. Now, as well as the open garden, there's going to be refreshments, including coffee, cakes and lunches, tastings and sales of wines, um, olive oil as well, plant stall and local produce, which includes jams, pickles and preserves, uh, Mawalak art, which is an exhibition of nature-inspired paintings, ceramics and sculpture in the coach house. There'll be cooking de demonstrations on today at 11 and at 1 with uh, wellness chef Samantha Gowing. And uh, there are sculpture and garden ornaments um, from Wired for Living. So that's all taking place today. As I mentioned, 10 through till 4. Entry is $15. Children under 18 are free. Now, uh, also on uh, this afternoon is uh, a talk being given down at uh, Cranbourne Botanic Gardens. It's entitled Australian Plants as Weeds with Jeff Carr. <laughs> 1.30 for a cuppa with a 2 o'clock start. The location is in the Australian Auditorium, Cranbourne Gardens. You enter to the gardens at the corner of Bellato Road and Botanic Drive in Cranbourne. Cost is a gold coin donation on entry. And there, Jeff is, uh, he's been studying the effect of weedy Australian plants for many, many years. And he'll be talking all about... Uh, Australian plants, although they're native, if they're in the, uh, <coughs> the wrong climate zone for where they uh, normally uh, grow and thrive, then they can uh, thrive too much. Mm. <laughs> I think that'll be a really interesting talk. It yeah. would yeah, be, actually. Mm. Yep. Yes, Definitely very interesting. <coughs> I mean, at one stage people used to say, oh, it's an Australian native, it can't possibly be a weed, you can't call it a weed, but uh, we you know, certainly can. We know that's not true. <laughs> totally. Okay, now coming up on the uh, 30th of this month, Friends of Burnley Gardens have got their next illustrated talk. This is being given by Betsy Sue Clark. It's entitled Designing Gardens to Support Emotional Healing. Now, as I mentioned, Tuesday 30th of April, 7 for a 7.30 start. Uh, Betsy Sue uh, talks about the garden as a place to soothe oneself as a concept embraced through history. Uh, and in this presentation, she'll share her work giving understanding to why we respond to different types of environments and how harnessing that knowledge guides her design of gardens for emotional healing. Now, it will take place in uh, main building room 10 uh, at Burnley Campus, which is at 500 Yarra Boulevard there in Richmond. As I mentioned, 7 o'clock for Nibbles, 7.30 for the talk, $10 for members, $20 for non-members, uh, bookings are desirable for catering. You can email friends.burnley at gmail.com. So that's friends.burnley at gmail.com and parking is available on the boulevard. And uh, just another one I should mention, uh, two in fact, Geelong Botanic Gardens, 
uh, uh, 5th of May will be their next uh, themed guided walk. This is going to be entitled Kiwi Colour Fest and it's all about uh, uh, the uh, wonderful uh, plants of New Zealand producing a luxurious kaleidoscope of every shade of green foliage. Uh, from dripping ferns to sun-dappled gullies to majestic cowrie trees. Uh, so the Geelong Botanic Gardens has a range of New Zealand plants and uh, that's what you're going to be looking at with your guide. As I mentioned, it's Sunday the 5th of May, 2 o'clock start. You meet the guide at the front steps of the Geelong Botanic Gardens and cost is a gold coin donation. Now the last one I should mention uh, Australian Garden History Society have got their next walk and talk coming up. This will also take place on Sunday the 5th of May at 2 o'clock and this is a walk and talk with Tim Gatehouse in the Edinburgh Gardens. Uh, now uh, Tim uh, is a retired lawyer. He's interested in the pre-gold rush history of Victoria, architectural history and the history of gardening. He contributes articles to Australian Garden History and other journals. He is an active member of the Australian Garden History Society. Now, uh, you uh, meet up at the Rotunda on the St George's Road side of the gardens at 2 o'clock. This is a free um, walk and talk. As I said, it's Sunday the 5th of May, 2 o'clock. And if you'd like more information on that, you can contact Robin. Her number is 0418-353-528. That's 0418-353-528. And Lucille, I think it's more than time we mention <laughs> what your event is coming up next weekend. Right. Well, it is the autumn uh, plant sale for the Growing Friends under the umbrella of the Friends of the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. And it's on next weekend, as you said, Saturday the 4th from 10 until 4 p.m. and Sunday the 5th from 10 until 3. And it's the Royal Botanic Gardens, I'm sure everybody knows where they are, but we're particularly inside E-Gate, and the, there's a Melways reference here, 2LC2. And most of our plants are sourced from the Botanic Gardens, and many, of course, are not commonly available. And we, we run the full gamut of uh, availability from Australian native plants, bulbs and rhizomes, herbs, uh, varia rhododendrons, succulents, bromeliads, hanging baskets, climbers, camellias, perennials, shrubs, trees and orchids. Wow. So there's something for everybody there. certainly is. <laughs> and everybody's been very busy in their various sections, uh, propagating and growing on things ready for sale next weekend. Mm, fantastic. And as usual, members of the Growing Friends will be on hand to give advice. Absolutely. And also, uh, we have a wonderful relationship, as I'm sure you're, some of you will be aware of, uh, with the gardeners at the Botanic Gardens. And we often have gardeners, um, particularly to, on Saturday, um, gardeners there to help answer questions too mm -hmm. from, from customers and so on. Okay. So, uh, yes, we couldn't do it without the help of the gardeners. They not only help us next Friday set up for the plant sale and also to bring back the remnants of the sale on Monday. Well, hopefully there won't be much for them to bring back. Well, let's <laughs> hope not. Let's <laughs> hope not. It's usually a fairly quick 
thing. I think so. Yeah, that bit. But we certainly couldn't do it without their help. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, uh, like previous years, uh, do you know if the plant list is going up online? Yes, it should be up, and it should be up this weekend. Wonderful. It, it should be a week in advance of the sale, so hopefully it, it's up there already. Well, if not, it'll certainly be up, I would imagine, by tomorrow. So, yes. Uh, yes. Yep. So if you go online, um, where do they go? Just uh, to the friends site. The friends site. Yes. yes. So if, if, um, if they type in the friends site, yes. I presume that'll come up. Um, yes, friends. The oh, the website is RBG Friends Melbourne, all one word. So it's rbgfriendsmelbourne.org.au. Okay. And so it should be up there on that website. Fantastic. Yep. Yep. And they, people can then peruse through the list, look what they want, have a shopping list ready. And, and work out which there. one they're making a beeline for first. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and to be there early so that they're there ready when the gates open at 10. Absolutely. To pounce on what they want. <laughs> yeah. And how many pages long is the list of what's for sale? I hate to think. <laughs> well, uh, I, well, I've got a copy, a rough copy of the catalogue here, and it's, mind you, it's only on single pages. So there's, um, I think there's about 56 pages. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to buy something, you need to spend several hours. And working it's not out. in size 42 point font either. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> in oh, size yeah. 10 font. <laughs> so Lucille, do people need to bring their own plastic bags or baskets? Or uh, that would be really helpful. Yes. yes. Since the advent of the supermarkets giving up on plastic bags, uh, people aren't uh, recycling as many of them. Um, and I think hanging on to probably what they've got. Mm. And, of course, there are now such good bags available for shopping and carrying plants in. Mm. Uh, yes, please bring your own. Yeah, bo- yep. great Boxes idea. Boxes yep. and little old yogurt containers hold tubes really well. She's speaking from experience. I am. I, yes, the Cranbourne Friends has, has a, a store shed of all um, little yogurt tubs and containers yeah, and boxes okay. that they bring out for the... For their plant sales, yes, yeah. if people don't bring their own bags. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think I think we're really trying to encourage people to bring their own bags, but um, I dare say that if someone's got a few spare bags to uh, hanging around, they'll probably bring them in for those that have forgotten. Yeah. But it's much better to bring your own. Yes. And BYO. Uh, no problems there. Yeah. <laughs> Now, payment. Cash? Can cash you still take credit cards? Yes, we do take credit cards. Excellent. So cash and credit cards, both very welcome. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> and the gardens is looking absolutely beautiful at the moment, so people should remember to actually go for a walk around it. Mm. It's something I, I really do, sadly. It's usually rushing in and rushing mm. out again. Yeah. But, yes, I'm sure they are. They're looking the lovely. Yes. yes, yes. I mean, you know, they use water, even though they use nearly 50% less water than they did a decade ago. Oh, yes. Because they're clever about their water usage now, but they do use it. And so it is absolutely... And it's such a relief when everything is brown to walk into a space. It's great. It's an oasis feeling. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and I must say, there are so many events going on now in the Botanic Gardens. They Mm. they really are. I mean, there's there's something Mm. on... Every weekend and, and often during the week as well. There's there's so much and and of course Virginia, you're taking guided walks yes. like many of the other guides. Mm. <laughs> in fact, we've got three. We've guides got three in guides in here this morning. <laughs> so yes. Wow. 
<laughs> Spoil for choice. Yes. But, um, but yes, you, um, and I think in the mornings you can still just turn up, can't yes, you? Yes, the morning walks are free and you can just turn up, which is fantastic because, you know, people do like to come back and do it again and again because it changes. Of course. Each yeah. one of us takes a completely different mm. walk so that you never know what you're going to get. Mm. We're all interested in different things, so we've always got something Never mind prob- the seasonal differences. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So it's yeah, it's 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 a good thing to do. Yes. Fantastic. Mm. Okay. Well, it's high time we uh, opened up our talkback lines for callers. If you'd like to uh, ring in this morning, uh, we'd love to hear from you. The number uh, to speak to the team on air is nine four one nine zero one double five. We have Lucille from the Growing Friends Group. We have uh, Virginia and Chloe. In the studio, so that number nine four one nine zero one double five, or if you'd like to have a chat on the outside line, we have Carol on the outside line this morning, and the number to have a chat to her is nine four one nine eight three double seven. Virginia, you were going to talk about a couple of plants that you happen to have on your on my. Um, I didn't bring them in. One, I bought two plants when I was up at um, Fernie Creek, because. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I, I had no intention, of you course. You can never help yourself, no, Virginia. I know. I know what you're like. <laughs> I know. I am, I am really quite, quite hopeless. And one of the, I've grown one of them before, unsuccessfully, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to try again. And it is an absolutely beautiful thing. It's called a lapageria. Ooh, yes. Spell that out for us. <laughs> it is spe- oopsie-daisy. I just lost it on my phone. This is the trouble when you use phones. It's yeah. never as easy. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't do that. I think you did. Oh, <laughs> found you. it. Okay. It's the Chilean bellflower. Oh, stunning thing. Lapageria, L-A-P-A-G-E-R-I-A, Lapageria rosea. And it, it grows in... Um, Damp forests. So there's the first reason why it's hard to grow. Yes. In. <laughs> but Did you grow right up at Fernie Creek? Well, it, at the um, conifer gardens just next to them, they've got one across a wire fence that stretches for miles. Well, that's well, maybe that's not an miles. exaggeration. But, yes. <laughs> but it looks absolutely fabulous. And what I saw last week, I was walking around the streets of Fitzroy with a friend, and she's a garden person, so we stopped and looked at... Um, this particular garden that I like in George Street, and they've got a lapageria there in wow. full flower. Wow. Mm. Okay. And I thought, well, if somebody can grow it in Fitzroy, why the hell can't I grow it? So I'm going to try again. <laughs> <laughs> why not? And the reason I didn't bring it in, well, one, what I bought isn't in flower and I wanted people to see, so I've just posted a photo on the page. But also, this is the thing about Fernie Creek. You know, they're wonderful. They'll... Quite a lot of them are older and they do forget things, but they know so much. And oh, so yes. when I buy this lapageria, the woman says, "Now you must be careful taking it home. If you if you knock off the growing point, it'll never grow from that point again." Oh, oh. which I mm. didn't hadn't previously known. So I took it home, oh. and I thought, "I'm not going to take this down to 3CR. It'll never make it down and back." <laughs> no, you know. fair enough. So I've got to work out where to plant it because if it comes from damp Chilean forests mm. it obviously is not going to appreciate a hot north wind in the middle of shelter. summer it's yeah. going to need shelter so, and, it, and it will grow quite 
it will stretch. I mean, it'll in, in, it comes only as a red flower. And the flowers are very waxy. They're quite... The leaves look waxy. The leaves are too. also waxy, yeah. yes. It's, so it's quite distinctive. The flowers look like you could actually stretch them, you know. Mm. And um, so it's a really unusual plant. And, the, and the, it's been in cultivation, I think, since the 1800s. Mm. And... In America, they've done a lot of breeding of it, so you can get it in white and pink. And they are available out here in those colours. Too. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, I think they were bred in America yeah. because they, being chilly, it's that yeah. their mm. continent, and so and um, and you can get them here. Yes. But as I said, they're not simple to grow, and of course the other one, I decided to get another one that I also have lost. I'm a, I'm a sucker, which is another climber, and it's called Rhodochiton. It's the ah, purple yes. bell vine. Yeah. I'm showing all these to Chloe because she's such a native girl. She's not going to know them. It just looks so <laughs> exotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bright. That, like, it's a bright pink magenta it's flower. A real, and, and it's a, a real, they're almost like earrings, big yeah. earrings. You know, they, sort of, they just drop down. I reckon so my auntie had a pair in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a, a really lovely plant now it what does it need well it's from mexico mm-hmm. where i've just been so i thought well i've got to buy oh, it you, don't you, I? you totally get inspired by the places you go to yes. i came back from little desert a few years ago i was like i have to have a little desert garden <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes well sylvie was up there a while ago she was doing a placement up there and she adored it there's so mm. many cute tiny little flowers up yes. there it's not as showy as those no ones no well, that you this, brought in. well this is is showy the rhodochiton and this shouldn't be as difficult to grow they have got this growing at Fernie Creek along a fence, stretching for absolutely ages. Mm. So I haven't got any fences in the right place. All my, <laughs> all my fences are places where there's not much water. You know, yeah. it's the problem. Mm. There's two things for me. Because I'm on top of the hill, mm. the frosts very conveniently roll down the hill, and I don't get much frost damage. My last year, first time in 15 years, I had really bad frost right. damage. My heliotropes were not mm. shockingly. Yes. Mm. But um, but the other thing about rolling down the hill, not only does the frost roll down the hill, any water that arrives yeah. also does. So and I have pretty hard soil too, aren't you? Yes, yeah. yes. So that's how come I fell when I dig a hole. I jump both feet on the spade, and of course, <laughs> it's not always a good idea. But I snapped my shovel handle last week. Oh, oh no! I shouldn't have been doing what I was doing. There was an old plastic bag dug down deep oh, in my... Oh, I found one of those in my days. garden. I was turning it over and I thought, oh, I'll just lever it out. And the, the old handle of the shovel was weathered and dry and it just snapped it. Oh. I, I can use it as kindling now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you want for your spade. Not what no. you want. It was my good shovel too. I had to go and get the old one that was all like broken and splintery yes well I've I've done the same I've managed because my soil's so hard one of the prongs of one of my two forks has just gone off on an angle I've done that before too Mm. Mm. (laughs) I mean my soil's wonderful yeah it's just that in summer it it goes Mm. hard as hard Mm. yeah but I'm digging now (laughs) (laughs) okay we Uh, have a caller Let's go to Ken from Sunshine. Good morning. I've got a bone to pick with you lot. Oh, no. <laughs> the botanical gardens are one of the best ten in the world. That's absolutely true. And you should have said it. And I think it's one of the there, best five in the a, world. It's a credit to, the, it's a credit to you. As I used to work in Trades Hall and I walk every day. And I'm a, very, I'm, I'm a pretty good walker. And I'd walk through the botanical gardens every day. 
And I love it. I used to get to work late and I'd get into trouble. No one. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for the mobile phone. Yes, right. I do the same, Ken. I go for. A, I I think oh, I'll just go for a quick walk. I'll only walk, you know, that far, and because I should be in the office doing things for Plant Trust. Yeah. An hour and a half later. Oh, I better go back to the office. <laughs> I lived in Park Street, South Yarra, my wife and I, when we were first together, and every time we had an argument, the botanical gardens is at the end of Park Street, yeah. where the tram goes around, and every time we'd have an argument, we'd go and settle at the botanical gardens. I didn't last long. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Great. I never won any of them. <laughs> That's Thank probably you. good too. Good on you, Ken. Bye-bye. Okay, that number again, if you'd like to join us this morning, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 94190155 to speak to the team on air. Or if you'd like to have a chat to Carol on the outside line, 94198377. Chloe, you've got a plant there. We were just talking about showy pink. I have a native <laughs> that's showy pink, and it's, they're really big flowers. So this is a, a brachys cone, which is, you know, the, I think its common name is the cutleaf daisy. But most of the cultivars or most of the cutleaf daisies we know are Brachys comb multifida. Mm. Mm. This one's actually Brachys, a form of a, a, a cultivar of Brachys comb angustifolia. I prefer angustifolia. It has a nicer. I like the foliage better, and the flowers are often a little bit bigger, bigger as well. Yes. Oh. The the foliage on this isn't as fine. It's still. I don't know what shape you'd call it, but it's still the, the Brachys comb shape, but it's a bit fatter and broader. But the flowers on this are about an inch in diameter and they're absolutely bright magenta pink with they a beautiful are yellow centre. They are very bright pink, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know the backstory. This one I brought in today and I gave the wrong name to Liz on Facebook this morning. This one's called Fresco Candy. There's a few magenta ones around. There's, I think it's called Magenta Magic or something. I can't quite remember. Um, This one's just beautiful. Sue has just bought a new one, Mm. which she said has got just a huge flower, even bigger than Fresco candy. Yeah, there's a few coming out that have really big flowers on them. Yeah, which is Um, exciting. So they're worth watching for in the nurseries at the moment. Yeah, they they do pop up from time to time. They're not... I don't ever see them in the nurseries as something that's regularly stocked. It's just if you see one, grab Mm. it. Well, Um, I I know Sue's nursery produces them all the time mm. and they are around yeah they are around and they mm. are excellent yeah um the the thing with the brachyscombe angustifolia is it does it sort of suckers a little bit but in a good way so yes. you get it you get really cute little daisies just sort of popping up you know maybe 50 centimeters and to you leave a meter it, or so around the main and you the leave plant. it for long enough and you get a nice big clump yes which is what yep. you need for it to look good I yeah reckon. yeah mm. absolutely so, yeah, keep your eye out for Brachys comb and Gustafolia. I'm just totally in love with this one. I borrowed these plants this morning from my boss at Branch Out Nursery, but I, I might not take this one back. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might find a spot for it. <laughs> and tell us a bit more about the conditions it likes, Chloe. So, well, look, with most Australian plants, well-drained soil, um, it's, it's pretty heat-tolerant. Um, it would go well in, in rockeries or in little spots in the garden where you might, you know, you just need a little bit of colour. It gets to about, oh, it'd get, yeah, 25 centimetres high. Okay. Um, and uh, probably about 30 centimetres wide, but as I said, it'll send up little suckers, you know, within a me- less than a metre around the main plant. So it, it will actually form quite a decent it clump. It clump up, yeah. Mm. And you, it, 
if it starts to look a little bit um, haggard, you can just prune it back. Leave leave some leaves on it, but you can prune it back to the base, and it'll it'll reshoot. Mm. They look really cute in pots, um, and yeah. Where where is your nursery? Can people buy it there? You can buy it. There is. I didn't steal all of them yesterday. (laughs) It's um, Branch Out Nursery in North Ringwood on Oban Road at the North Ringwood shops on the roundabout. So it's a very very small nursery, but. There's lots of plants there, and they're very because it's so small. They're fresh in. We're getting and they're getting new stock all the time. So well, it's important too to support small nurseries. Yeah, mm. absolutely. It's not a nursery that thrives on um, their business from the cafe next door. They're just about the plants. Ju- it's just the nursery. Yeah, it's a very good little nursery. I went to the. T- there's three nurseries in York Road in mm. Mount Evelyn. One, of course, is Karanga, which regularly wins prizes as the best nursery in the state, and mm. it is extremely beautiful. Yeah. But I, I haven't been to the other two for a while. The other One of them's just been done up. Oh. One it, of them's changed its name. Yes. It's changed its name to its wholesale name. Right. That's Yarra View. That's the first one. And then the second one, which I refer to as Matt's Nursery, which is obviously quite incorrect because he's the manager there. <laughs> <laughs> they have just had a complete makeover, and it's fantastic. I walked in and said, God, Matt, this looks wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And the first one, Yarra View, has got a sale on at the moment and has got lots of nice things on sale. And both of them have turned into really interesting nurseries where you can actually find things that are a little bit unusual. Oh, good. And that's become such a rare event. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yep. why I love Craig's Nursery, Gentiana, yeah. up in yeah. up in Olinda, because you find unusual things there. All the panellists and the growers that we have on this show have wonderful little nurseries mm, that exactly. we need to support and keep going. But I was really surprised at these two on York Road. So if you're heading anywhere around the Dandenongs, go to Mount Evelyn and have a look at the nurseries on York Road. There's, yeah. As I said, there's three of them. And, of course, you can get a lovely cup of coffee in Karanga as well. Yes. So you've got the two. And both the other nurseries have a lot of native plants, mm. including brachyscombs. Mm. I saw them there yesterday. But, and, and Karanga is the best native nursery I've ever seen. Yeah. So mm. it's a, a really good place to go, York Road. It's fun. You can just <laughs> n- nursery trawl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is such fun. I love yeah. it. I love it. They're the only, yeah. I'll go into a nursery or a bookshop and just go to look. Well, yeah, because they're all so close to each other, you can just, yeah, potter along. It's like mm. going to a couple of open gardens on a Saturday or Sunday or something. Exactly, mm. exactly. Or a nurseries. So yeah. I think they're well worth... And the first one, which is called Yarra View, actually had organic garlic for sale as well for people who are at that point where they want to plant their garlic because right. it's time and the rains have come. Yes. Yeah. How much rain? In some got? places. Yeah. <laughs> so not you, all. You've not had it over your way? No. They had it at Macedon? No, not much. Really? No, not much at all. It's been very patchy and what there has been has been... Relatively little, mm. more nuisance value than anything else. For instance, this morning I came, well, when I left home uh, at about ten past six, it was mizzling. Mizzling. Mm. That's mizzle. a good word. Yeah. yeah. Irish That's rain. It's not drizzle. Miserable drizzle. It's less than drizzle. <laughs> oh, mm. Irish It's rain. very fine stuff. Yeah. Yes. That's what we get up at um, for most of the winter when I worked at Karanga. It was mizzle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing that we're able to keep some of those uh, dry zone Western yeah. Australia plants alive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Well, now you've been talking about nurseries in your area. There are some very good nurseries in my area, of course. There's Stephen, who's up on the mount, 
and where you could also find your lapagerias and probably a rhododendron as well. But uh, close to me, uh, I've got the Spring Hill Nursery, which is a retail nursery, but they do stock some different and interesting things. Mm. And at the moment, they've had some lovely... Um, uh, trees in some wonderful crepe myrtle selections as well as ornamental trees with good autumn colour and they have a lovely dis uh, display there and a lovely garden around the nursery and so they're well supported I think by the local community and So where, which town is that? That's in, I'm sorry, yes I should have said it's in Tilden on the corner of the, the, the road to Trentham and Spring Hill Road so they're right on the corner there. And then there's the Black Ridge, uh, what is it? No, wait a minute, the Blackwood Ridge Nursery, which is down in Blackwood. Uh, and that's another nursery. It's only open over the weekends, but again has a very good uh, array of plants for sale and a lovely little cafe attached. Mm. And they have some very good food down there, <laughs> including a, a, a very useful and well-used uh, wood stove which is, of course, burning merrily over winter. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it's very cold. Yes. Yeah. Get very yeah. cold up there. So, yes. yes, it's interesting. Yes, these nurseries ought to be looked mm -hmm. after. Yes, we need yeah. to remember Nurtured. them. Mm. Definitely. Absolutely. Yep. And, of yeah. course, Stephen's nursery is it's open over the weekend. It's closed yes, it on is. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, isn't it? Uh, Wednesdays, no, Wednesdays and Wednesdays Thursdays. And Thursdays. That's yep. right, yes. Yep. And that, of course, is in Mount Macedon, Dixonia. It's right in Mount Macedon, yes. Dixonia rare plants, yep. Yes, we need nurseries. I do think that Bunnings has improved a lot and does have good plants, but uh, you just need the variety yeah, that you get from no small nurseries. Yes. Mm. At the big hardware store, you know, bulk nurse. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no variety. Unless they've got maybe a, a, someone with some knowledge yes. doing the marketing and buying. Well, yeah, I, think, they often I think that's yeah. what's happened with Bunnings. No, they've, they've really improved. Better. Yes, yeah. they have. They've definitely employed somebody with horticultural knowledge. But, yeah. but you still need the small. Yes, yeah. yes you, you know. do. We have, um, Branchout has these uh, chrysanthemums disforms, I think they're called. It's the, the giant, giant double, double, double flower of chrysanthemum out at the moment that's grown by a little nursery called Pertils where we get all of our annuals and bloomers from. Um, and I was talking to Paul about them yesterday, the um, owner of Branch Out, and he said that um, the guy that owns Pertils, he grew about 700 of them this year and 500 of them were for an order for uh, one of the city councils, I can't remember who. So there was, you know, but you don't see that double, double giant huge flower of plant of chrysanthemum in every single mm. nursery. So that's why you need to support these smaller places. Yes, or just growing these weird little, yep, these weird little plants mm. that, yeah, you're probably not going to see them in Bunnings. No, and if Bunnings is getting them, they'll be getting a huge number. Yeah, which means you'll see it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and some of us are snobby and want some plants in our gardens that you don't see everywhere. Which is why you go to the Fernie Creek Horticultural <laughs> Show. Exactly, and, and you go to the Growing Friends growing plant, plant Sale. sale. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and you get your weird and wonderful things. Yes, yes. yes. Having said that. Um, Lucille, how about tempting all of our listeners with a few um, that you will have for sale? Okay. Yes, tell us some special well, ones. Well, I must say on, on Friday between packing plants, etc., I did have a chat with some of my, my fellow colleagues there and I spoke to Lindsay about, now Lindsay's been in here before, 
uh, I spoke to her about the Australian native plants, and she was uh, telling me that the couriers, are, uh, she, they have a wonderful group of couriers for sale. Um, they're mostly winter flowers, and we have a good range, including Coria Cambra Bells, which is a very floriferous hybrid, which was selected as a floral em- emblem to celebrate the centenary of Canberra back in 2011. And it has bright red tubular flowers changing to cream at the recurved tips. It's a beautiful mm, variety, yeah. that one. Yeah, mm. it's, a fat, it's a fat bell flower, too. Is it? it's not, yes. I don't think it's the narrow ones. Okay. It's quite fat oh, and beautiful well, colour. Oh, sounds gorgeous, yes. Yeah. And the other one she was uh, telling me about is Callistemon ken morrisonii, which is quite a mouthful as a species name. <laughs> And that is a rare new species from East Gippsland, and it grows to about a metre high with crimson brush flowers on each branch. And the other one was a Prostanthra ovalifolia variegata, which is a small shrub with oval aromatic leaves and cream margins and small purpley pink flowers at the branch tips. So they're just a few of them, and they also we also have a Brachyscomi, but it's a, it's the multi-feeder white. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the so white one's beautiful. Yeah. It is a very pretty one, yeah. and they make a lovely low-growing edging plant. Mm. I would think. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, very pretty. And then I spoke to uh, Judy, who looks after the shrub section, and she had some has some lovely things available. Um, now, wait a minute, I can't read her writing him. Ah, yes. <laughs> Halicia carolina, which is a deciduous shrub. Uh, Chimenanthus praecox, which we've, uh, most of us would have heard of. Do you have that, any of you have that in your gardens, the Chimenanthus? I do. And if it doesn't perform better this year, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it for years, and I've got yeah. it in front of my bedroom windows that face west, so it keeps staying there even though it underperforms every year. It's not an attractive tree. The flower smell is incredible. Yes, it's it's stunning. It, if yeah. it, it flowers, it. I had it in the garden for about five years and it never flowered. And I thought, I gave it one more year and I was like, and I had to rip it out because I had to put well, mine, flowers. Well, mine flowers, What's but the, 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 the flowers don't have a strong smell. And ah, I, the sad. person I used to see for my skin, because I got skin cancers from too much sun, he had one in his where his practice was in the front, and the smell you could smell it before oh, you even got out of the mm. car. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Whereas the one in front well, of mine, you must have got a dud one. Mm. I well, think I must have got a dud one too. Oh, yeah. have you have you grown them before? I haven't personally, but yeah. they do well in the uh, area, mm. the Macedon Ranges area. Uh, probably likes a, a cooler climate. I just don't think Maybe. they're a very attractive tree. So they need to have... I mean, you they not. need them amongst yeah. other things. But they've yes. got a really cool flower shape. They've got that fringe... Mm. It's that in that um, Hamamalidaceae family, with yes. the fringe flower, yeah. which is really, really cool. But, and the smell is incredible. But, yeah, the plant is nothing special. No, no. So, which so is you why need the flower. If, yes. if this one doesn't smell good this year... It's going, yeah, yeah. And which enough. is a problem because then it leaves my western windows exposed in summer. But it's you just have to find something else to put there. I know, but it'll have to grow. Won't but it? it's totally worth a chance of like if you do see one at the Growing Friends plant sale next week, grab it and just put it in because the smell is incredible Absolutely and the flowers wonderful. are so cool. Mm. They're yeah. totally worth a shot. Worth a shot. Yes. They certainly are. Yeah. And it is one of those things that you don't see a lot of around. No, 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 no you it's don't. A, it's a very common. It's 
common, but it's not common. Like a lot of people know about it, they know the smell, but you don't, it's you not see, something that's regularly stocked in Well, nursery. I think you no, see old ones around, like the one at yeah. my doctor's. You know, you see yes, that they've been yeah, there for years. Yes, obviously had the sense to plant it earlier Because they're long lived yeah. and it, you know, it just stays yeah. there. You know, it's in the garden and just keeps mm. growing, so it gets left there, I suppose. Mm. There's one plant that I, they always have for sale at the Growing Friends called Petraea. It's, it's one of the ones in, oh, the, yes. in the gardens that yeah. I always want to pass it because I just love it. It's a climber, another South American climber. It's a scrambling plant too, yes, isn't it? Yes, and really? it's got yeah. the most beautiful blue flowers. And, of yes. course, blue's not a particularly easy mm. colour to find in the, in the wild. No, it's, it's absolutely not. gorgeous. And it's called the Queen's Wreath, Petraea Volubilis. Volubilis, yeah. yes. Mm. And so that's one to look out for. If you, I, I love climbers. Yeah. I just love well, climbers. Well, you've, you've found that in the, in in, the yes. catalogue, so mm. it will be available. Yes. It will be available. And it's, wor- it's worth a look, Mind I reckon. you, that's worth remembering to, to those listening that we don't have huge numbers of most of our plants. So if there's something that really appeals to you when you either hear it this morning or look at the catalogue online... Do please remember, if you get there early on Saturday, you've got a very good chance of getting it. If you come Saturday afternoon or Sunday, because you were too busy on Saturday <laughs> morning, you might well miss out. You're going to be left with the common old white brackies comb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> Every plant has its place. Absolutely. And we've also, now to go back to the shrubs, yes. there's Prunus persica versicolor, which is a flowering peach. Uh, Heptacodon myconoides, which is, uh, has the interesting common name of seven suns. I'm not sure why. That's interesting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Corylopsis sinensis, uh, Gardenia thunbergia. Oh, I love that plant. Yes. I had to wait for something like 12 years before mine finally flowered, oh, really? but now it yeah. flowers. You and, know, and again, every year, and it's it's stunning fragrance. Oh, the fragrance yeah. is glorious. Yes, for yes. everybody, that's the tree gardenia, mm. yes. and it comes from South Africa, and it is a it is a small tree, but it is got yep. them, and like all gardenias, it just has that wonderful sweet mm. smell and yep. beautiful glossy green leaves. Yes, it's just yes, dark green leaves. Yes. yes, and it has these huge seeds, which are called bull's balls. It's one of its nicknames. <laughs> Well, they, yes, name. yes. Well, no further comment needed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Catinus grace, we also have a, a few of. They're a very popular plant. They're fantastic. Yes. They have the most incredible plumes of flowers. Yes, and it's they a, do. It is a plume. and Well, that's why they call it the smoke bush, of yes, course. Yes, yes, yeah. Although Beautiful. it's not the only thing that's called a smoke no, bush. No, I get, yeah. well, I, I think of a smoke bush as um, something very different to the cottonous grace. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's an Australian um, plant. <laughs> the name is just I've uh, just Escaping gone out of my head at the moment. Yeah. There's really also sorry. one from the Canary Islands, yes, exactly. which is called a smoke bush. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yep. This is so why we need to learn the botanical exactly. name. Yep. Exactly. And now it's not if, hard. Is Grace the one that has the um, burgundy foliage? No. no. No, that's the no. green one. It's the green one. Yes. Yeah. Right. I must say, at home at the moment, and I'm going to drop myself in it, like Chloe and not remember the name of the species but I've got a catenus there and apparently it's a rare and unusual one it has green foliage but I wish you could see it at the moment it is stunning it's a, a mixture of yellow and orange okay and I think I've got it on the as my screensaver on the phone at the moment 
but it is just beautiful and it's in your face this bright yellow and orange oh, wow really glorious yes i've got one i've got six or seven of them in my garden um, one I've never been able to identify because it was there before I moved in. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it seems to be... I think there are only two species and everything else... Yes, I've got that. Everything else has been bred, has been crossed from those two species. But you do. you get, And because there's a little one that is quite lime green. Yes, there is. Which too. is yes. a fairly new that's, one. That's, that's fairly new, yes. Mm. But that's, um, that's becoming very popular. Yeah, no, no I love them when size, they're... But you can't yeah. bring them back, of course. And I think oh, of course. in cases, uh, most cases, they probably um, uh, need it. In the botanic... Yeah. People have to know when to prune, though, because I know of people that have pruned theirs every year and then wondered why they never got flowers, but they were pruning it yes. at the wrong time and yes. just totally missing out on... on yep. You know, and there's not much point if you're not going to get that glorious cloud of... <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> Smoke, exactly. <laughs> I prune mine every couple of years. I don't prune it every year. Okay. It probably doesn't need it. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, prune it back to the same point. So I decide when I've got it up how yep. high I want it to look. Quite a lot of the ones in the Botanic Gardens are actually pruned down to the ground every couple are of years. Are they really? Mm. Okay. Yeah. And it makes the leaves bigger too. Mm. 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 Conospermum is the Australian native smokebush. Oh. Had people ah. message me the name of it. It's in the Proteaceae family, so oh, they've okay. got um, the, the the flowering tip. The, the plants flower at the tips, but mm. they're um, fluffy white, so it's got yes. it's sort of a mid-green foliage. It's quite upright shrub and um, fluffy white flowers on yes. the tips. They're really yes. interesting, and when they move. Because like a grey white when they yes. move, yeah, so it looks a bit like smoky smoke. or yes. something. Yeah, yes. a bit ashy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course we're 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 totally showing why um, if you go by the common name it can be terribly confusing. And yes. look, I yes. had someone come into um, work yesterday and said, "Oh, look, I bought five camellias from you just before you know six months ago or something. Mm. One of them's died. I, I need to get. I can't remember the the cultivar name of it." She goes, "It's got a creamy white flower and green leaves." <laughs> <laughs> and I yes. said. That's a lot of camellia varieties that you could be talking about. Yeah. But <laughs> anyways, we are, we are, we asked her a few questions, and I think um, I think we might. Trapped it down. I said yeah. take some photos and bring them in. She didn't bring any yeah. photos, so it's so important to keep oh. the labels of your plants. Put yes. them in a drawer in the laundry or something. Yes. Or I've have got a master list somewhere. I have a list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Master list. I know. You sound like a professional. <laughs> <laughs> How on earth could I have a master list? You could quite easily, Virginia. You could, Virginia. Yeah. You <laughs> Every time you plant something, you yep. pop right it on the down. list. Yes. Go for a exactly. walk around your garden and take a notepad yes. and write everything down. Oh, yes. I, I do that quite regularly, but yeah. you know that that doesn't help. Oh, <laughs> of, course, of course it does. You've just got to keep it somewhere where you know where it is. That's yes. the next thing. And remember to add to it or, or yes. subtract from it. Exactly. The yes. subtracting from it is yes, quite important. That's, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially at the end of summer. (laughs) Now, Chloe mentioned uh, camellias, and we have our wonderful Rosemary who looks after our camellia collection beautifully, and she'll have, there will be quite a few interesting camellias, so those who are looking for camellias, you could come along next weekend and see what Rosemary has for you. And one of the important things to know about the camellia collection at the Botanic Gardens is it's got some very rare Mm. camellias. It's a very important collection. Mm. And that's where most of ours come from. I was going to say, Mm. all your propagation material comes from... Well, most of it does. Most Most of it comes from, which is a little bit special when you think of it, it comes from the Royal Botanic Gardens. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Special plant sale. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
I've got 31. I counted mine a while ago. I've got 31 camellia plants in my garden. Have you really? Wow. Many. As many as that. How many varieties? You don't I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were there before me, so I've no idea what they were. Yeah. Are. And they're huge. They're 20 foot high. Wow. So when they're in flower, they're absolutely spectacular. Yeah. And, I mean, I've got so many, I even took one out last year because that I just had too many. And the flowers make good mulch. So I'm I'll, sure. in my garden, yes. like the flowers just drop down and, you know, yeah. I just push them off the driveway mm. and push it back into the garden bed. Mm. And, and underneath the camellias at home is the most beautiful dark friable humus. Yes. Yeah, so I spread that around, you know, mm. spread yeah. that around the garden. But And the other thing I think with camellias is that people just don't realise how extraordinarily tough they are. Yeah. Because they really, are, they none of my camellias, when I move them, they'll sulk. Mm, that's, that's fair enough. And they'll sulk for quite a long time. But they are, none of them have been bothered by the drought, mm. even the, when we were in, you know, the bad drought. Mm. Are these, your, ago, these yeah. are all established camellias? No, even, the ones, I've, ones? No, even the younger yep. ones that I've put in. I mean, I've, put, I've been there 15 years now, so, <clears throat> you know, they're quite well established. Mm. But they, um, and I've done... Because I put them in early, so I wasn't that long out of Britain, so I was a bit silly about North Wind. I just ignored it as a reality. And so I've put some of them in really difficult positions where they're facing northwest. God. Yeah, And right. they're, they're absolutely fine and, and sh- in fact, shading my big kitchen window. So when And they'll be in flower in another month or so. And when they're in flower, mm. I mean, my kitchen window is just, it's just, you look out and you see nothing but these pale pink flowers that are yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, they are so tough. I, I, mean, I think I've got, I think they're japonicas that I've got, or one of them particularly in my garden, but mm. it's not in a shaded or sheltered spot. It is against the north fence, but it still gets, as soon as, you know, 10 a.m. gets, over. gets mm. the rest of the sun for the rest of the day mm. and it's just survives just survives they're so tough but they're they're a really old established mm. camellia it'd be a 40 year old plant time. yeah yes. the more established they get the sort of tougher they they are <laughs> yes i don't know what variety it is there's there's a, a the reticulatas are which are the tree camellia they are not as tough they come from a smaller range of in the wild in, chi- in Western no. China. Now, the reticulata has a smaller... Is it no, the it's one the one with the bulge? huge flower. Okay. It, it is actually a tree, and it has a flower that is so, a dinner plate flower. What about the foliage size of that one? Because the japonicas the have the really big leaf. Yes, the reticulata has leaves that have got the veining very clearly on them, which is right. why they okay. call that. And then there's another one, another group called Waterhousia, which were bred in England because... Mm. When they first came into England, they found them difficult to get flowers on them. So um, um, they had to, they could get flowers sort of down in the southwest in mm. Cornwall and Devon, but they couldn't get them further north. Yeah. And because of the cold? Yeah. Yes. Right. And, some, and they bred this one called Waterhousia, of, of, and it will flower right up in northern England. Mm. But for me, the Waterhousias just will sit there in the north wind and the western sun and say, I'm okay. They're just so tough. They're yeah, absolutely wonderful. Versatile. And they're beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, you need some things that are... I love plants that lose their leaves, particularly if I want winter sun. Yes. Mm. But you want some that don't. Mm. You want yep. some trees that hold on. Of course yeah. you do, mm. yep. particularly in winter. Mm. Mm. 
You need a bit of green to keep you happy when the weather's really cold. Yes, and a bit of, yes. We've had a query uh, from the off-air line. Um, Bill from Diamond Creek is trying to source a particular Grevillea. Can you see which one it is, uh, Chloe? Grevillea Omeo, which I haven't heard of before. Have you no, heard of that one? Yeah, yeah. no. I would. There are so many grevilleas, and there they are, are another plant that I've got a heap of in the garden because they're just so beautiful. Oh, and they're so, like the camellias; they're so tough, and they flower for most of the year around. They flower and flower. The bees love them. The birds yes. love them. With any luck, one of our um, one of the people who are not in today will ring us in and say, "Oh, Omeo." And well, we'll otherwise, 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 I would I would obviously recommend that uh, that he ring. Uh, Karanga. Mm. Um, so I think it's the Omeo Grevillea. And if anyone knows of this one, please call in. So Grevillea willisii, which would be named after the state botanist Jim Willis. Ah. Um, which would, yeah, and it has a very restricted distribution in eastern Victoria, which would be probably around where Omeo is. Um, it grows in eucalypt forests with large granite outcrops and boulders on steep slopes. Drainage in these areas is good, so it would probably need a really free-draining soil. Um, where colour, um, oh, it's like a toothbrush flower, a cream-coloured toothbrush flower. Oh, it sounds good. With mm. um, with a nice leaf. Oh, that's it if looks we, very that's, pretty. Yeah, if this is this is Grevillea willisii, which is from the Omeo region, and it might be. So um, I don't think there's a, a cultivar called Omeo. No, no. So willisii. Yes, W I double L I S double I. Okay, so if he contacts um, Karanga and asks for Grevillea willisii. Um, he's got some chance maybe of, of getting hold of one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, and it, it's on, I'm just on the, the Vic Flora, so the Royal Botanic Gardens has their online um, um, flora Victoria. Oh, yes. And it is, yeah, the Omeo Grevillea is Grevillea willisii. And there's some photos, and it has a very restricted distribution in the northeast mm. of, of the state. Brilliant. So it looks really nice. Try to mm. try to get hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone wants one. <laughs> yeah. Off threat status, Victoria, rare. Might mm. be a bit hard hard to get hold of. Yes, well there is a might. rare and threatened bed in the botanic, so I might in the botanic in South Yarra. Yes. So I might go and have a look and yep. see if it's there. Okay, um, well I will just um for uh for Bill's uh, convenience, I will just give out the phone number of Karanga Native Nursery and that's nine seven six zero 8100. That's 9760 So I'd be, I'd be giving them a phone call, Bill, and seeing if uh, if they can come up with a, one of them for you. Mm. Okay, don't forget, uh, we are running through until 9.15. If you'd like to jump on the phones and give us a call this morning, we'd love to hear from you. The number to speak to uh, Virginia or uh, uh, any of the team on air, 94190155, or if you'd like to have a chat to Carol on the outside line, 94198377. Uh, and I think also there was a, a mention of one of the cottonists up there. Yep, um, the green cottonist is called Flame. Ah, right. Which no. is a bit of a contradiction. Well, you think of flame as something that's but orange yes, and red, red, not green. Yeah. But that's but what it does in, in autumn. autumn. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. I so think. they obviously colour very well. Yeah. So do you know the name of, of your particular one? The one I've got at home. No, no. You don't know. Uh, uh, because well, that colouring is it'll be glorious. A, it'll be a, on, the, on the label. On your list. <laughs> yeah, yes. 
and on the label, I hope. <laughs> and and I just haven't looked at it, but yes, it's just looking stunning yes, at the moment. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, I think maybe we should go to one of your other plants, Chloe. Yeah, I went with a bit of a pink theme this morning, minus one. You did. So <laughs> I brought in a, a croia, which is an Australian native. Um, this one's called Perinda Ecstasy. It's croia saligna crossed with croia exilata. So the saligna has larger leaves and larger flowers and comes in a few different forms as well. But this one is a cross uh, with croia exilata, which has... Um, finer foliage and a bit of a, a smaller flower as well. But the Perinda ecstasy, all the per, there's a lot of Perinda cultivars of native plants around and mm. I think they're all bred by a particular breeder in, I want to say, East Gippsland. Um, there's a lot of Perinda grevilleas and there's this Perinda ecstasy croia. Um, they like a really free-draining soil. They're good in the sort of dappled shade mm. areas of the garden. Um, this plant only gets to be lucky to get to a, a metre high. Um, beautiful, beautiful, delicate pink flowers on them that are probably the size of a 10-cent piece, 20-cent piece. 10. Um, <laughs> 10, all right. Fine. The crow- <laughs> there's, a, there's a beautiful form of the Croia selina that's the large-flowered form, and that's probably more like a 20-cent piece. Have, I have both of them in my garden. Yeah. I, I think the Croia is a beautiful plant. They are a beautiful plant, and they're not super well-known, uh, you know, outside of mm. people who love native plants. Um, but yeah, they, they're good in those sort of in a slightly shadier spot. I've got them under gum tree, yeah, under a right. very big gum tree yep. with a whole lot of exotics, and they look absolutely beautiful. Yeah, because they they do don't have mind being planted with exotics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most plants would mind at all. <laughs> the the crowies they go well with exotics because they've got the shinier, that sort of more shinier green leaf on them. Yeah. Um, and the pink flower, and they're flowering at the moment. So I, I think I say this every time I come in. I love plants that flower outside of springtime. Yes, because yes. it means you've got yes. you're providing food for all the critters, and also mm. you yes. get flowers in your garden exactly throughout yeah. the year. Mm. So yeah, these are a fantastic little plant. They respond really well to a tip prune from a young age, um, but they do need they do need a well drained soil. So if you do put it in the garden, you could put in a mounded garden bed or mix some sand into the um, soil if you want to. Well, I was growing mine with a Cleanthus, which is... I love this plant so much, but I always forget its name. Cleanthus. Yeah. Yes. New Parrot. Zealander. Parrot New Zealand, yes. yes. And, of course, one of the problems with New Zealand is it's so damn wet. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and Not too much water. And <laughs> lucky buggers. <laughs> and I just didn't get the Cleanthus through. That's, this is the yep. second or third time I've lost it. I mean, Cleanthus... Absolutely adored by snails so and it's, slugs. It's a, pe- it's a yes. plant in the pea family, it's, so it's, it's got yes. a huge pea flower on it. And yes. it's a very, very... It's first cousins to the Sturt's Desert Pea. Ah, okay, it's that makes first sense. Cousin. They do look similar, so mm. it's like a Sturt mm. Desert Pea, but just one flower yeah. and it's, per inflorescence. And it's very beautiful, it and we've got big ones in the botanic gardens, mm. but I think being under a eucalypt was just asking too much of it. Perhaps. I grew it from seed, so I'll just gather some more seed. Yeah. And try again. But mm. it's, it, I think uh, when I was thinking about that Geelong Botanic Gardens walk, the Kiwi Colour Fest, mm. and, I mean, that'll be really interesting. When was that? That was on the 5th of May for That's anybody right. who's yeah. interested. And we've got a very big ki- Kiwi collection in the Botanic Gardens Huge. in South Yarra. But mm. how they're going to, these are going to survive when Melbourne becomes more like Dubbo, I just cannot imagine. Mm. And I really have trouble with 
um, kiwi plants in my garden. Yeah, I wonder it like, might be I think same thing. Getting them through the, the summer. The I think yeah. it's something that you can graft. So maybe they'll start grafting it onto a dry same tolerant rootstock. See, yeah. the cleanthus is another one that I, I I collect seeds from the botanic gardens, which probably I shouldn't. So I shouldn't say that I do it. But yeah, you just there, said that live on radio. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many of them. There's yeah. a heap of them there. Yeah. Uh, but I very rarely see it. In nurseries. No, no you don't. And and it's maybe it's that is something you guys should grow. Cause well, it's we have done. Absolutely um, beautiful. Yes, yeah, we have done before. Have, yeah. you, have you got it in this No, time? not in <laughs> this one, no. They but will for the next yeah. one. <laughs> Perhaps, we Perhaps we will for the next one. It is yeah. a very beautiful plant. It, is. it mm. makes sense that we should be putting it around. And gets covered. The plant gets covered, covered in, in flowers. Yes. And really yes. cool foliage as well. Mm. It's that pinnate foliage with tiny, yes. tiny little yeah. um, leaflets on it. Yeah. For anybody who wants to look it up, it's Cleanthus, C-L-I-A-N-T-H-U-S. I think the second right. name is Punicia, but you don't need that because there's only... There's only one or two in the in the, the genus, genus. Yeah. right? And it's as I said, it's a first cousin of um, Sturt's Desert Pea, which obviously would grow in my garden in terms of water, yes. but it wouldn't in terms of cold. Mm. <laughs> so I can't you grow can't either. Them all. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the croia grows. The croia the is croia very grows. happy. The croia yeah. is just sitting there in flower at the moment, looking at the dead cleanthus, saying, "Well, really, yeah. what Hard are you complaining about?" <laughs> And we actually have a, the Croia exalata for sale. Good. The white form. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the white form. I which love is that a one. rare cultivar, yeah. according to this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that will be available also next weekend. Yeah. The exalata has the finer foliage on it. Right. Before, okay. So, but yeah, the flower, yeah. the white flower on the Croia is a beautiful. It's a pure white flower. Yes. yes. When you do see them. Okay. Yes, because that's always the thing with white. Some whites oh, are quite dirty. Yes, yes, they certainly can be. Yeah. yeah. When the when I went on the um, Cranbourne Friends Little Desert Tour uh, a few years ago, we were um, driving through the bush and it was just so much fun. And we stopped to have a look at some flowers because there were lots of hibertias around, out mm-hmm. and a couple of isopogons. And there's, um, I can't remember its common name, but the Conostephioides, it's in the Heath family. So it's in oh, the, yes. one of the Apacrids. It usually has red flowers on it. It's like a, a bell-shaped flower. They're a little bit prickly. It's always, always red. Well, we found a white version. Oh, wow. Oh, it wow. was so special. Roger Elliott <laughs> just was beside himself. <laughs> I can imagine. He hadn't seen one before, yeah, and yeah. no one knew that a white, it was pure white. It yes. was such a clean white. Yes. Um, there were no pink flowers around. Mm-hmm. So usually when there's red flowers, particularly with the heath, so the common mm-hmm. the common heath, Apacris impressa, ranges from red mm-hmm. to yes. white. And yes. in that range, shades there's between, genetically, yeah. there's always going to be pink and different yeah. shades. So mm-hmm. we didn't see any pink conostephioides around. Um, we just saw the white or red. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit special. Yeah, the white ones are special. Yeah, definitely. Very mm. nice, yes. Very, very nice. Yes. Mm. Fantastic. So, will I do one more? Yes. <laughs> Why not? So the other pink one I brought in is Isopogon cuneatus. So I've got oh. that. In. I love that oh, pink, good. I suppose. Now, what's, what sort of soil have you got it in? I've, well, because I didn't really know what I was doing, <laughs> I've planted in in my ordinary red clay yep. facing west. Right. And it's seemed it's been there a few years now. It oh, seems good. quite happy. My other Isopogon... Um, faces east and is in soil that I've worked a lot better. Yeah, I've put more mulch and stuff into it. 
And it's fine as well. And it's fine. It's, yeah. oh, that's the yellow one. But the 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 pink one's gorgeous. It's really special. Look, I've, it does need a more free-draining soil, so it's interesting that it grows well in your harder soil. That's well, it doesn't get much water, the poor bugger. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so it's it's feet. It's not sitting in water. And no. Its feet aren't wet. Oh, that's the main thing with it. Nothing wet. in my garden sits yeah. in water, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the clianthus didn't grow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but this isopogon, as we are saying, it's their, na- their common name is... The cone flower or drumsticks or something. They've mm. got this big, uh, it has a big pink flower on it. Sort of looks like you've, I don't know, cut a banksia in half or something. It, it, they're mm. in that protea family, so related to waratahs, banksias, um, and the native smoke bush. So, but yeah, really, they generally like a really free draining soil, but they don't like their feet being wet. Mm. You can buy this species sometimes as a grafted plant. So if you do have a wetter soil, that might be worth buying buying a grafted one if you see it come up. But they've got quite um, thick, leathery mm. uh, foliage that's quite broad and linear as well um, with, the, with the bright pink flower that sort of flowers in springtime through summer. Um, full sun to part shade. They get to two to five metres high and about... Well, it's very varied, so it will depend on where it two is. Two to five... That's what the label says. I've never mine seen mine Mine has nothing... I mean, it's been in for a few years. They're in the medium shrub section at Karanga, so I think max two metres. Oh. Maybe in nature it gets to five mm. if it's in really sandy soil. Actually, mine, when I look at the one you've brought in, mine has got much finer foliage. Okay. I think it comes from the Grampians. Where does that one come from? This is WA. Yeah, no, I think mine ca- and it's got much. It's got a quite a needly foliage. It is pink. It is a pink isopogon. Yeah, okay. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I wonder if it may not be cuneatus then. Mm, would I still have the label? Of course not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you have a master list of your garden? No. no. <laughs> Uh, and no Do I know where I got it from? No. <laughs> another oh, thing with the isopogons is they're everything. very bird attracting, and all the little, all the bugs and and all yes. that love them as well, and the bees they love them. So yeah, if you want something a little bit different, isopogon cuneatus. It's mm. a very very woody stem that's going to hold itself really upright, isn't yes, it? Yeah, really hold its woody. form and its shape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're um. They're, real, they're a really, really interesting plant. There's something a little bit different. Mm. Um, Another one that I've grown this year, which I think is absolutely gorgeous. I saw that in your garden. What's it called? It's Brilliantasia. That's oh, nice yes. Name. So brilliant with Asia on the end of it. Mm. The Brilliantasia, I got this from Meg Bentley, who's wonderful for things like that. Mm. And it's absolutely beautiful. When Stephen and Craig and I were in... Um, What's that place near Madagascar that's not Madagascar? Reunion? No. No, 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 the other way. Yes. Oh. <laughs> in between. Oh, anyway, we saw this growing... Mauritius. Wi- Mauritius. Oh, when we were yeah, in Mauritius, yes. we saw it growing wild in a stream. Oh. And it was absolutely extraordinary. It comes from Zimbabwe, and it's, um, and it's in the Botanic Gardens, just... Yeah, we should... You should be growing yes, it because it's should. not hard to grow. Mm. It looks obviously like needs water and warmth. It's well, better off well, this yes. is the peculiar thing because people mm. here plant it in full sun. Mm. We saw it growing on this, you know, we had to clamber down, down. to the stem, yes. stream. Well, that's here people grow it in full sun like a salvia. It looks like a, a huge salvia on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. It, yeah. And beautiful coloured flower. Absolutely Gorgeous beautiful colour. purple, yeah. like yeah. a huge salvia. It's a salvia. bluey purple, mm. yeah. 
Um, it's called Brilliantasia, and I'm just hoping that I get this one through the winter. Yes, that'll be your well, problem, If you've I think. got it what through the, a dry summer and it grows I've, in yes. hot, wet. Well, who knows? Because, as I said, the, the Salvia Society people who grow it all grow it in the sun. So I've put it in so it gets morning sun and it's near the house. So I'm Which hoping for better cold protection. Yes. 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 So I'm hoping yeah. I'll get it through, because yeah. one of one of the um, one of the people in Plant Trust has she's got a whole pots and pots of it. She propagated it for our next sale for our AGM. So that's exciting. Oh, mm. good. Mm. Mm. Oh, good. And there, and there's quite there's about four or five of them in the botanic garden. So I think it's another one, Lucille, that should be being propagated. And it's yes. 56 pages of catalogue. <laughs> Well, it only just adds one or two more plants, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. We do have a caller. Good morning, Robert from Mitcham. Yes, good morning all. Uh, happily looking at the window at leaves with water on them. Oh, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> it's quite unusual. <laughs> it is at the moment. My wife says earlier you were talking about a, a plume flower or plant. The, the cottonus. The cottonus. Which, I might add, is related to the rus. Right. Can you give me a, a, a name so I can look it up? Yes, Cotinus or, or Cotinus, C-O-T-I-N-U-S. Yeah, okay. It's called the smoke bush, but its proper name is Cotinus. It's Cotinus cogra, but if you just go for the Cotinus, the cogra will yeah, pop up. That one with the lime green leaf. That's a new one. It's a new cogra. And it's got right, a yeah. silly name like Miss Lily or something. It's got one of those <laughs> stupid names that they put on plants, but... <laughs> It, and it's interesting, the lime green one, because it doesn't grow very tall. It's a, it's a miniature version, which doesn't right. mean it's tiny. I mean, you know, it'll grow to your knees. Mm, that's right. No, we, we, we've got a smoke bush uh, already. That, that, that's fine. That, uh, she's, she's just interested in the other one. Other than that, can you tell me, Shimmeranthus, we've got a couple in pots. Yep. We've had them for few years, and I think we've had one or two solitary flowers. Mm. What can we do to make them flower? I always say if you're trying to make something flower, if you eat bananas, put your banana yes. skins around them. Yeah, we do that. Um, the the um, ash from your fire you could throw around, so it needs might need a bit of potassium, and that's what bananas have. But... Just build up the potash. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But I think that chimonanthus is quite um, varied in its performance because the one I've got flowers but doesn't yeah, smell. I wonder if they come from different... Yes, if the, the plants that are around are, are from varied sources, mm. and one's obviously not perhaps such a good Correct, I reckon one. they must yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they tend to be grown from seed, which means you get... Oh, huge re- variation. Huge variation, yeah. yes. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that it might actually want... I mean, it is a tree, so it might not be very happy with being in a pot. And um, Yes, how, how recently did you repot shrub. it? Yeah. That had occurred to us. Okay, <laughs> one last one if I can. Mm. Sure. in Hawthorne had a, um, a walnut tree that was in very poor health and it's just been removed and the stump's been ground out. How long should we leave the dirt around it before we plant things in it? I, I would just um, treat the soil, you know, give it some... Compost. compost and yes, things like lots that, of compost. Mm. Yeah. and make sure you put something like a peace tour on it that will be feeding um, nitrogen back into the soil. And then I think I just wouldn't plant another walnut tree. I'd plant no, something no, completely no, we different. Plant another walnut tree. Mm. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. need to wait too long. So long as no. you add in, um, the, I think there's a there's a 
a stinger where you need to give soil a rest, but soil is just needs to keep going. So add in compost and organic matter and mm. and what might be a good idea straw to keep the moisture in. And what might be a good idea is to plant um, just while you're thinking about what you're going to do. Plant a pack of sweet peas there. Yep which will come up and flower for you in spring and look beautiful and be putting a whole lot of nitrogen back into the soil and then you can put more things in. I hadn't proposed digging in a, uh, a pile of uh, cow manure or something like yeah, that. Yeah, excellent yes, idea. That excellent yep. idea. That'll do. Yep. 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 There you go, ladies. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Good Cheers. Ideas. Bye. Bye. And we have another caller, our very good friend... Alex in Beaconsfield. Good morning, Alex. Oh, good morning, ladies. I've heard you're getting excited about all sorts of plants. <laughs> We've had a good chat about plants this morning. Well, nothing compares with the excitement here at Beaconsfield with finger lines. All right, <laughs> yes. They are just brilliant. And uh, the tree, our tree, it was a grafted one, and it's been in, this would be its third year, Last year we got some fruit from it and we thought that was exciting. And I gave it a little bit of citrus fertiliser through, uh, through the spring and the fruit has been fabulous this year. And mm. with the heavy wind we had last week, that shook a lot of the, the fruit off mm. and so I was able to collect them from the ground because they're very prickly. Mm. And I actually pick them with, or ones that get tangled up inside, I pull out with a pair of uh, barbecue tongs <laughs> because you really couldn't stick your hand in there. Ooh, yeah, they but are. it's such an exciting plant and, and I don't know how many people are growing it. it it's not a, a really powerful citrus flavour. No, but, but they're quite uh, tart when you do eat, when you do... Well, the earlier ones, the earlier the you pick the fruit, I think, they're really tart then. But yeah. when you get that little burst, when you uh, bite into them and get the pearls, little beads mm. in your mouth and bite into them, it's an explosion of flavour. I got one on my tree this year, Alex. Oh, well, good luck, I think. <laughs> I had a lot last year. We were year. excited to have just a few, and this year they're... They're bigger and better, and uh, I'm thrilled to bits about it. Have you got it in the ground or in a pot? Oh, no, it's in the ground, yep. and I've got one, uh, and it's the grafted one has got buds all over it as well as fruit. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And I've got mm. another one that's probably grown from a cutting, and that's not doing anything yet. It's growing, but it's it's not producing flowers or fruit. But I think it's a wonderful little Australian plant. And, and, you know, if you talk to people in Europe, they think all the, all the uh, citrus came from Italy, <laughs> where they bred them so well. Yeah. And in but, actual fact, that's not true, because I think it originally came from China. Yes, mm. and, but I think the Italians did a brilliant job of breeding them. Absolutely. And selecting them. Mm. But this one doesn't get counted when you talk about citrus around the world. And mm, I think it's just absolutely mm. wonderful. Mm. Yeah, you see the big posters of all the different types of citrus, you know, the big pomelos and grapefruits, mm. but yeah, the, the finger lines haven't quite got onto that poster <laughs> yet, have they? Oh, I think that's right, so we've got to stick up for them. We do. <laughs> we Fair do. enough. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Good on you, Thank, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Thanks very much. See ya. Bye. And Robert from Mitcham has called back. Hello, Robert. <coughs> My wife tells me that I misinterpreted her, her, her request. She, she, she thought you spoke about an Australian version of the. Yeah. We did, yeah, we were talking about, so smokebush has, the common name has um, quite a few different um, botanical plants that, that you talk about. So the Australian one is called conospermum. Um, it's in the Proteaceae family. So conospermum is spelt C-O-N-O-S-P-E-R-M-U-M. Uh, I think the main species you can get is conospermum triplinervum. Um, but if you just go into a, a nursery like Karanga or sometimes the mm-hmm. Cranbourne Growing Friends have grown it as well and just ask for conospermum or the native smoke bush, they'll know what it is. Thank you, girl. That's all right. Thank you again. Thanks, Bye-bye. Robert. Bye. Now, I've, I've had a couple of queries from the outside line that uh, we need to quickly cover. Uh, two queries from David in Sorrento, first up. Uh, Potosporum, he has a long border beside a fence. It's actually an angled two fences. Some have grown to two and a half metres high and others in the border are thin and very spindly and not growing very high at all. So uh, he wants to know what he can do to revitalise them. Huh. Pull them out. <laughs> <laughs> My temptation would be to think that. I mean, also, often you plant them too close together, so will, mm. will some of the ones that are growing well eventually take over that space. So maybe thin them a bit. Yeah. Mm. And the other, the but the other question is, I mean, you either just feed them. If they're the New Zealand potostrum, they like food. So you could just feed them and see how it goes, or you could what figure that you've got... Mm. Yes, the question, although if some are growing well and some aren't... Yes, but it depends how long this space border is. is and... Yes, how well watered they get, each one gets. Mm. Yes, because the root competition, perhaps in the middle, may be far more than those at the end. Depends what else he's got planted in the area. Yeah, it depends how close they're all planted together. And what else is... That's what happens. People want an instant hedge, so they plant things closer together, but it doesn't work in the long term because the competition is too high and plants will get spindly and they won't get to the height that you want. You need Mm. to give them a decent amount of space and just be patient and wait for them to join up because they eventually will, Mm. but you need to be patient. But the other question is maybe to replant a few of them and if so, make sure that you prepare the soil well before you do. Yep, yep. Mm. So maybe, yeah, he could fertilise and compost and mulch. Well, his other other query is also that his uh, crepe myrtles are struggling. Now, that is odd. One immediately goes to wet feet if crepe myrtles are struggling. They Although do if they were powdery mildew too, don't they? Well, I planted one yeah, this year and I actually had, had mm. to go and water it because it was newly planted and yes. it struggled in the dry. If they're yeah. newly planted, they need watering. If they're not newly planted, did they get too much water over the winter? Are they properly drained? Mm. Because they do need... They don't want wet feet. Mm. I, anything that's sick, my immediate response is to give it some seaweed. And my other immediate response is to dig a bit around and stick exactly. your fingers in and see yep. what the, mm. see how what the conditions yeah. are. It's too dry, too yeah, wet. That's the yes. And have a look around that section of the garden that it's in and, mm. and see what's mm. going on if it is a wet spot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the other one we quickly need to cover is uh, Ronald in Brighton. Uh, he'd like to buy a gardenia th- 
Thumbergii, but he can't get to the friend sale. He was wondering where he could get one. Well, I actually got my one from Diggers um, down at Heronswood. Diggers um, deliver too, don't they? They do mail order. Sometimes, yes. So, um, so you can actually... Um, but don't buy a mail order. Because because they take seven to twelve years to flower, so you oh. really want to try and get a tree that's a bit more established, or one that's been grown from a cutting of an established tree. No, 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 not even that. No, they they take a long time. Okay. That is just what they do. They take yeah. a long time to flower, so you want to buy one that. I mean, anything. I don't know where you'd get a more established one from, though. Can he not commission someone to come and get one from the Botanic Gardens next weekend? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's catch a thought. <laughs> catch an Uber up to do you know, the Botanic Do you know how, how established yours are, Lucy? No, I don't. I haven't seen them. Yep. Yeah. But seven years or so, you were saying that? I mean, that's how long you have to wait for a nectarine to get to its peak as well. I mean, it's just yes. part of growing yes, plants. Yes, there are you, some things prepared that to you wait. just have to wait. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, well, ours, I, the other thing we we will do is we sure all go into well. nurseries. We'll go. We'll, we'll just watch out and report back next week and the week after if we see one anywhere. Well, mm. the other thing too is he can simply um, put it into his search engine. Um, Who ma- sells them around? Yes, yeah. just where to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, Melbourne or his yes. local nursery might be able to order them. In. Or they, yes. yes, they might be able to yeah. order. But again, there's no guarantees as as to how established they'll be. Yeah. But if they're mail order, they're going. To, you know, they're going to be small. Yeah, they'll be little. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, So maybe it's worth a trip even down to Heronswood. But he could phone them first um, and just see if they've got more established ones. And I will give out their phone number. Um, it's five nine eight four seven nine zero zero. So five nine eight four seven nine zero zero. And just ask them if uh, they do have any more established ones. It's interesting, Pam, that yours is growing so well because you're a frosty girl. Yes, it, it, the, the top gets burnt every winter with the frost, but um, okay. I just wait until all the frosts are over and we give it a quick haircut and it's fine. Mm. It's never actually killed the plant. That's, that's good. That's good to know yeah. because it is South African, yeah. know, which means it wouldn't probably suffer frost ever. Mm. Mm. No, no, it, it, it's, it comes through, which is, which is great. Yeah, mm. that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple more callers on the line. Good morning, uh, Irene in Fentry Gully. Oh, good morning, good morning. I'm hoping you can help me. Um, I uh, opened the lid of my compost bin yesterday morning and uh, to my surprise there was clusters of eggs, well, looked like eggs to me, uh, all over the inside of the lid and down the side and um, some around the outside of the lid. Um, And they're tiny little eggs like pinheads and sort of reddish brown and I've never seen it before in my life and I'm wondering what could be um, in, in there. Have you got any ideas? Snail or sluggy? I have got so many peculiar things in my... <laughs> <laughs> including very black spiders. Oh, yes. Which worry shiny me. black ones. Well, yes, so long as they're yes. in the compost, then. Well, they're, no, they're in my uh, they're in my worm farm. I've oh. got, I have got, I've had maggots. I've had absolutely everything in there. I've, I mean, I get the what comes. It's this peculiar thing that somebody gave me, and what comes out the bottom is absolutely stunning soil. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But up the top where I'm feeding in. I put the meat in, I put everything in. Oh, gosh. Well, that's yeah. why you're getting that's maggots. That's why you get yes. maggots. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. it's all right. The worms seem to deal with them. I don't okay. get the flies. Um, but I really, I have, I've, had, I've had those. I've had all sorts of weird things in oh, there. Really? And if, I just, every now and again, 
when it gets too wet, I notice I get more of this sort of stuff. Yep. And so oh. then I just put some straw in to dry it out Was a bit. Was the compost a bit wet yeah. yesterday? Um, you... Not particularly. Oh, a, a little bit. I'd had ants trying to nest in there, so I poured a bit of water in and turned it all up a bit with the fork mm. um, to get rid of the ants, which they went. So maybe it's a little more moist than usual. But I have had vinegar flies. I wondered if that would be the eggs of them. Oh, it could be. Oh, and I then there's, there's yeah. nothing wrong. I honestly think just let it go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it gets too wet, add a bit of straw of some sort. Yeah. If it's I'm not right. wet enough, yeah. put some yeah. m- more, you know, I don't know, more yeah. rotting apples or something in. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a, a cold compost. And I've got, that's in a bin and I've got two open ones and there's all sorts of things in there, but um, it all seems to work very well, yeah. Um, but I just wondered what these were, whether they oh, might be something know. I should get rid of or leave alone or what. Well, <laughs> I have insect. got, I, I, honestly, I just mm. have so many things in my compost, including these black spiders that scare yeah. me. Weird things do happen in compost because things are decomposing yeah, and they attract yes, things. Yes, and just, just, monitor, yeah, just yeah. monitor it and, and see what happens over the next yes. couple of weeks. Yes, you may see what they are. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks very much. <laughs> and, and keep okay. the lid on. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I am. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Right. And we have our next caller. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. How are you? We're good. How are you? You all sound like you're in fine botanic form. All right. (laughs) And I'm speaking about the Herb Society's meeting on Thursday, which is May 2nd at 7.15. People will seat by then. We start around 7.30. Um, Joanne Cody's coming to talk about spices, spicing Mm. up your herbal food with spices. So that should be fun. Mm. And she's also a naturopath, so she can talk about the um, health benefits um, of spices, you know, turmeric and um, chilli and so on. So it should be a really good evening, and visitors are welcome. It's in Room 10 at Burnley Horticultural College, which is 500... Yarra Boulevard and it's Melway 45A12 and of course the Swan Street um, tram goes along there. Mm. So uh, there is um, it's better to park if you've got a lot of um, you can park inside in the grounds but there's not much parking there so you can park in Yarra Boulevard at the main gate. Okay. And well, what, have, what time does it start again, Jill? It starts 7.30, but we like people to be sort of organised by about 7.15 because we have herbal plants for sale, free cuttings, and then we have a raffle and a herbal supper, which the members bring. And it's $5 for visitors to cover their insurance, okay? Okay. All right, so, thank you very much for your call, Cody, spicing up your life with her. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Sounds good, Jill. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. We are running through uh, till 9.15, so if you do want to jump on the phones quickly and give us a call, that number again is 94190155 to speak to the team on air 
or to have a chat to Carol on the outside line, 94198377. You've got one last plant there, Chloe. Yes, so this is the one that isn't pink flowering. <laughs> um, this is Banksia ericifolia dwarf form. So Banksia ericifolia is one of the east coast Australian Banksias. Um, it grows all the way up through Victoria, northern New South Wales. I don't know whether it reaches Queensland. Anyway, there is... Um, there's a dwarf form available for people if you don't have room to have a large banksia, uh, the, the heath banksia in your garden. So the dwarf form gets to about 1.5 metres and it's quite slow growing as well. But they're very, very floriferous. So this uh, ericafolia banksia has sort of orangey red hairpins on it. Um, grows, it likes full sun um, and... The foliage is, is very, very fine foliage and short as well. doesn't have, you know, a lot of banksias have 10 to 20 centimetre foliage. This is, on this plant here, you'd be lucky if it's one centimetre long, all the, the really fine foliage on it. Um, they're really, really bird attracting and they don't need too much pruning. They The dwarf form of this tends to just stay like a well-rounded ball. All the ones that I've seen, they haven't been pruned and the flowers just sit out on top on the ends and banksia flowers last forever on the plants so uh, yeah it's a fantastic uh, smaller banksia if you if you haven't got the room for a tree but you want a banksia and then you get the big bag banksia man yes. yeah <laughs> yeah banksias are you know they're all round entertainment once it's finished flowering you get the the seed pods mm. and the folli- you know, the follicles are just really, really cool. They're very happy in my garden and I've got them in some of the worst spots mm. where the north wind, <laughs> lots of sun, and they just sit there happy, happy as happy and they're so reliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got them all mixed through my garden and I think they look absolutely fine myself. Yeah, because it's one of the East Coast banks is they are used to our mm. soils and our conditions mm. so they're mm. a little bit easier. And that one I really I like the banksias with that rosemary sort of foliage. I love that really mm. fine foliage. Mm. I think it's very pretty. Yeah, so mm. the plant's quite dense and the foliage is quite dense as well. So it does mm. create a really nice dark green ball and then the flowers just sit up, you know, proud of yes. of the um of the plant and foliage. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic little plant. There is a couple of other varieties, and one of them that you will see in nurseries is called Little Eric, um, but this is just the standard dwarf form. There's not much variation. There's another one called um, Bully Tully or something like that, and that's a dwarf ericifolia, um, but there's not much variation between them. They all, they all sort of grow in that 1.5-metre range, high and wide. Um, and, and have those big, the, the big, they're still got, they're a smaller plant, but they've still got the, the you know, same size flowers as well, mm. which is, you know, 20, 20 centimetre flower. Yes, well, they're, they're well noticeable as a flower. They are, yeah, and they, they have a long flowering period too. The flowers stay on there for a while. Mm, it's, like, it's like those grevilleas, you know, you, you, you can't miss them. They're no. just so, the statement is huge. Yes, yeah, so grevillea moonlight flowers all year round mm. and... Um, peaches and cream. Peaches and cream, superb. Absolute Pritchard. goer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, the, yeah, this is a, a fantastic smaller banksia. The banksia spinulosa, the dwarf varieties that you can get are really, really nice. But this one gets just a little bit bigger if you want something with a bit more height. Um, and, yeah, beautiful bright coloured, auburny, autumny coloured flowers. Yes, I've planted a couple of... Somebody on the other side of the road to me has built the ugliest shed you can imagine right <laughs> in the middle of my view. So I've planted a number of banksias 
in front of his house to to get rid of him. (laughs) Beautiful. And he chopped down the tallest of the pine trees, which is where the eagles used to sit. Oh. And his response when we objected, saying that's where the eagles sit, was, oh, they'll sit somewhere else. Well, they are, but nowhere near us. Oh, that's mm. unfortunate. Yeah. Isn't it? Were they wedge-tailed eagles? Wedge-tails, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I, mean, I used to have them around my old place. Mm. I love yeah. a wedge-tail. Yes. I love, they look like they're wearing pants. Yes. <laughs> when you see them walking around? Yeah. Yes, they do. I, <laughs> my friend Fiona used to live next street along from me, and the wedge-tail came and grabbed one of her um, geese. Oh, really? really? Up, 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 geese in tow. Oh I mean, my this bird, the, the goose, I mean, was so big. Yes. It got wow. really high up, and Being then just obviously heavy. it was too heavy, and, and so the wedgie dropped the goose. Yeah. And the goose just plummeted to the ground, and Fiona's going, Fly, you bastard! <laughs> Fly! <laughs> and he nearly got to the ground before he put his wings out. Yes, he was then, shocked, probably. And then yeah. just lived on. Oh, wow. wow. I'm glad that ended happily. He was lucky. <laughs> that, yes, that, that eagle was te- biting off a bit more than it could chew, yeah. wasn't it, just? Extraordinary. Yeah. Wow. Goodness, man. Oh, they're an incredible animal, those wedge-tailed eagles. I, I love oh, them. They're wonderful. And how about that shocking person in Gippsland who, sh- who shot over a hundred of them? Yeah, that oh. was disgusting. Oh, Draw and quarter him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have we had another call from the outside line? Uh, we do have, and we need to cover this fairly quickly because time is running short. Sue from Heathmont has a problem. She has a black lily in a pot with a Japanese iris. Both have now um, died back. Does she lift them out now or leave them? I would lift them and separate them yes. or lift yes. them and yes. repot them. Because they'll be competing with each other anyway. Yes. Yes. So either give them uh, more space and new soil. Because if you have yeah. things in pots, you really are going to have to repot them regularly. Yes. Or, That's right. Or mm. feed them furiously. Yes. yes. Yeah. And if she wants to separate them, yes, while they're dormant. It's the, it's best the time ideal to time yes. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, exactly. now is a good time to do it. And the lily, time. yes, don't leave it out for any length of time. Repot it straight away. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, Lucille, we should remind listeners, because we haven't got all that long to go, about the plant sale. Yes, indeed. Right, inside E-Gate on Birdwood Avenue at the Royal Botanic Gardens, Melbourne, Saturday the 4th from 10 until 4pm, Sunday the 5th from 10 until 3pm. And the catalogue should be online uh, from certainly tomorrow, perhaps even today. So it's well worth looking up because, uh, as we've been discussing during the morning, we have a wonderful range of Australian natives, bulbs and rhizomes. And while I'm mentioning bulbs and rhizomes, we've got some Haymanthus albifloss, some white-flowered ones. And they were in the shade house um, or the tunnel the other day, and I saw them, and they were looking beautiful. Narini pudica, which is a lovely small narini with very pretty white flowers with a pink flush to them. Uh, they're looking really lovely at the moment too. And there were some other narinis. Um, I think there was Fothergilla Major was also flowering in, in the nursery. So there's quite a lot of wonderful things in the bulbs and rhizomes, including some cyclamen hedrifolium. Uh, herbs, we have a wonderful range of those. Uh, Varea rhododendrons, succulents. I was going to mention the rhododendrons because yes. if you want a rhododendron, it is one of the places to go, the friends. Well, yes, it is indeed. Um, Hannah looks after our, this particular section very well 
and she has a wonderful array and colours, often with fragrance to boot. So that's well worth a look, and she usually does very well at our sales. Things get cleaned up very quickly if you want one of those. Make sure you come on Saturday. And the succulents, bromeliads, hanging baskets and climbers, camellias, perennials, and, and I haven't spoken much about the perennials, but we've got a, a good array of salvias, uh, some very interesting um, epimediums, which are ground-loving uh, or woodland-loving plants, uh, a wonderful range of shrubs, some of which I've mentioned. And you're one of the places, too, where you can get that lovely oregano, Kent Beauty. It's a really pretty Yes, I oregano. do have a few of those for sale. It is very pretty. And, and yes, another sun-loving, good drainage mm. plant. Yep, yeah, very you, pretty. You've Soft got a range of flowers. plants. You'll have plants for every single troublesome spot in the in someone's garden. Absolutely. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there yes. should be no blank spots left in people's gardens nope. after they come. No, nope. you're quite right, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget BYO bags, bags or baskets or something. All that sort of yes, thing. Yes, absolutely. And bring um, your cash and your credit card. And <laughs> bring photos if you need help. Like if yes. you've got, take, take photos of your absolutely. trouble spots in the garden or plants that you need ID. Very good idea. Because otherwise, idea. sometimes our descriptive yeah. skills are not what is actually happening no, in the garden. No, I must say photos are uh, very good. I yeah. must say iPads and iPhone or yeah. Um, phones have been absolutely marvellous because people have been doing that. Yeah, and it just makes it so much easier for you providing the advice to give the right type of advice. Yes, yes, because it's very hard to identify things from some descriptions. Yeah, yeah. And and even even it's hard to... um, provide advice on plants for yes. sections or a section of garden. Absolutely. If you yeah. haven't seen it, it's so much mm. easier to see it. And, yeah, with yes. phones and iPads, you can really Absolutely. You know, get the right yeah. Very good advice. Varieties. Yep. Yes, indeed. And uh, that website again, if people want to uh, uh, yes. look up the catalogue. Right. It is RBG Friends Melbourne, all one word, dot org, dot au. So hopefully if you can spend some time looking at the catalogue, make up your list, Mm. and then we'll look forward to seeing you next weekend. Absolutely. Now, 10 a.m., I think, with starting time. Yes, 10 a.m. Yes. 10 till 4 on Saturday, 10 until 3 on Sunday. Fair enough. Yep. Parking around Birdwood Avenue. Is pretty good, yes. Well, if you're getting in there early, it would help. Yes. For sure. Exactly. (laughs) And and the other thing which we should remind listeners about is that all proceeds go back into the gardens. Absolutely, yes. Yes. All sorts of projects that the gardens offer. So really worthwhile cause, and and you're getting some absolutely fabulous plants that you won't get anywhere else. Absolutely right. Mm. Yep. Yep, excellent. Yes. Okay. Thank All you. we need now is for the sun to be shining for you on both days. Yes, uh, yes that would certainly that would help. help. <laughs> yes, it certainly would. Okay. Well, uh, as I've mentioned, we are running out of time for yet another week. I have to say a huge thank you to the team uh, and also to Louise and Carol who actually volunteered at the last minute when uh, uh, some of my other volunteers couldn't make it this morning and... Uh, They've put up their hand to come in uh, at very short notice and do all the phones for us, so very much appreciated uh, by me and I'm sure everyone else here uh, in the studio. So 
A big thank you to everyone. As I say, uh, we will be back again uh, next Sunday morning, so uh, do remember to tune in 7.30. We run through until 9.15, but until then, bye for now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.